Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight webinar. My name is Andrew Krauss. I'm over there on the left and Steven's the guy with the glasses. He also, in addition to myself, co-founded InventRight over 20 years ago. We've had students in 65 countries and we have been coaching and mentoring inventors to license their products ever since. We're very proud of that. We got incredible students that do the work to license their products. And um, before I even introduce the speaker tonight, we have one of our um, one of our former students on, Mike Van Horst. I don't consider you former, Mike, because I see you like every trade show I go to. <laughs> and Mike's going to be on, so I'll introduce Mike first. So welcome, Mike. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm very happy to be here. Always good to be on InventRide with you guys. And you're on because you licensed a product to Jim from Hangman Products, who's on tonight. And so Jim... Uh, runs a very, Jim uh, uh, Galleon runs a very large hardware company, and we'll, we'll show his website in a little bit here, and uh, Mike licensed his picture hanging product to him, and he's very open to ideas and inventors, and, and we'll talk about some unique things that he's done that I don't see all companies doing, but he's, how closely he works with Mike to help sell this product. So welcome, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, I think it would be fun just to jump in and show the product that Mike licensed first. Does that sound good? And go from yeah, there. Yeah, let's do that. But before we start, I just want to say that um, I think it was last year, Andrew Krauss and I stopped at Jim, your booth, and it was a wonderful booth, by the way. Um, colors were great, but we had this great guy out front that was doing demos. And he was showing this great product called Push and Hang and how easy it is for you to hang your pictures basically with no help. You don't need anybody to help you with. And and Mike was doing the demos out front. And I was really taken back by that, Jim, that Mike was there helping pitching the product. How important is that to you at your company to have the inventor involved that way? Well, it would depend on the inventor. Mike is exceptional the demos. Okay. But, you know, he's so good that QVC is using him. Well, minus when the COVID is over, they use Mike on the, on the live shows. So he did the training, did the pilot back there, all set to go. Day before they, they aired, decided they wouldn't have any outside guests. So they did it based on what he trained him. And was very successful, went on to HSN very successful and they did it with Mike remotely from his home. I guess what, two times, Mike? Three times. Yeah, yeah, three times actually, yeah. Yeah, uh, very successful. So the product, CPC sold out, they reordered. HSN sold out, and they just reordered today. Very, very so, successful. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, Mike, you must be a professional pitch man because I've seen you do it. <laughs> is, that, is that right? You know, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't know if I'm professional, but I'm very passionate about my product, and um, I love, you know, showing it to people and expressing how easy it is for them to use. And uh, so it, it all just comes natural that way when you're such a, you know, when you believe in yourself and your product, and then also your, uh, you know, your your potential buyers come up and they're so excited about it. So I just love that part of it, you know, just talking to people about it. Well, last week we had Tom Zar that um, represents many um, products on on um, QVC and other ones. Um, he's from Media One, and he says 
an inventor pitching, that's pretty rare. That you, you really need a special skill that everybody can do that. So congratulations, Mike, for being able to pull that off. Yeah, thank you so much. That's, we're so we're so pleased with the way he pitches stuff. We're gonna make him our QVC spokesman. Take other <laughs> products on. Wow. He's excellent. Now, Jim, where where do you sell your products? You have a very large array of of, of products. Where do you, what stores are you in? We're in Walmart. Products in uh, Menards, which is Midwest number three largest home center chain. We have products in uh, Lowe's, a couple of different departments, uh, Home Depot, picture hanging set. A lot of that's co-branded. We, ma we manufacture with somebody else's name on it. So nice. Can you talk? Can you, that's interesting. Can you talk about the co-branding? Co sure. What, a lot of when that makes sense and what that is. Yeah, one of the challenges in hardware, especially in things like picture hanging or fasteners, no store wants to buy one or two or three items, even 10 items. It's too complicated for them. So they want somebody that will take like the whole picture hanging set. In that particular case, it's Ook or Hillman. So we brought the product to them, co-branded it with them, and it just fit into their planograms in the stores. Home Depot just would not buy from us, the level product. We're not going to buy four or five SKUs out of the 160 SKU section. There's no way to service it. So you've got to find partners that fit where you fit, what they do. And if you try to go off course, you'll never be successful. So you're making a very good point in that. A lot of retailers don't like to deal with one SKU, one product companies. Is it an advantage that you have so many SKUs? And can you speak to that on how the buyers perceive a one product company as opposed to Mike licensing to you? You got a ton of products and they would rather deal with you. So when, like when we started, we had one product four years ago. I mean, 20 years ago. And then we made it into four different sizes. But we still have one product. And we took it to Ace and to Lowe's and Home Depot, and they directed us to the distributor. We like the product, we can't buy from you. So, you know, that's, we went, same course everybody does when they start up. You've got to partner somebody that's in your field. Don't, don't get a fish out of the water, you're going to have trouble. So, right. Fasteners, you get with a faster company, company. That's my advice. And when you look at uh, when definitely Mike with his picture hanging product, I mean, I've never seen a company with so many hanging solutions. It's crazy. I mean, is there anybody that has as many hanging solutions as you guys? I don't think so. I mean, that's all we do is it doesn't hang attached to the wall. We're not interested in it. <laughs> okay. so really, I mean, that's our whole point. You know, we, we got to stay in our, in our zone. Mm -hmm. you know, the things that fit, you, know, you have a whole chain of things here. Like, does it fit your manufacturing? Does it fit your supply chain? Does it fit your marketing organization? Does it fit your customer base? You know, and you need all four of those to be successful. If those links are missing, you're going to have troubles. You're going to falter somewhere along the way. So, you know, that's how I look at something. If it fits, fits our wheelhouse. 
and we have a very good chance to be successful. Andrew, you know what I'm noticing when you're going through these slides, mm -hmm. that they have a lot of five-star reviews. So congratulations, everyone. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're very, very careful on our quality. We're very careful on what we do. We manufacture the product here, or at least we package it. We make a part in China, we bring it in here, we do all the packaging here. So our quality control is there and we have high standards. So Jim, tell us a little bit about, um, well, first of all, I do wanna say congratulations on all your success um, during um, the, the coronavirus. I know that, um, the one particular product, Push and Hang, which we love so dearly, is selling out. And you mentioned that earlier. Um, why do you think it's doing so good now? Is there is there something, are people staying home? I guess they're staying home and they're fixing up their house. They want to hang things. Is that why it's selling out? No, I don't think so. I think it's uh, just got it on, what, two months ago, Mike? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we started the first one, yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, two months uh, ago, actually. It was sold just as well last November. It's okay. a great product. It's, it's a great demo. It, it's, it works. It's just so simple. So people, all it had needed is exposure. And I think what's working with things like the Home Shopping Network and things like that is that, uh, you know, the last thing people need right now, especially through all this COVID stuff, is, uh, you know, more stress, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. so bringing this to them, something that they are at home and maybe they're, they're doing things now in springtime and it's, it's so simple for them. They don't, it takes all the stress away. So they don't have to grab any tools. They don't have to ask for help. And I think that helps a lot for somebody that's sitting home watching it on TV, you know. And going back to what we talked about a minute ago about all Jim's products, um, that's the, one of the main reasons why I partnered up with Jim is his product line is 100% about simplicity. And that's what's so fun about it. Everything he sells, basically, anybody can use it in all age groups. So that's what's so wonderful about it. The one thing I liked, uh, Mike, when I first saw your product, I I've um, I hang a lot of pictures and it's not easy, okay? Um, and I'm always asking my wife to help me. And it's never straight on the wall. It's and I have extra holes everywhere. It's a problem, and you you've made it so simple to use that I think um, the audience is really going to appreciate uh, taking all the the stress out of it. I think you're absolutely right. Well, what I what happened was when I developed the product is I found out that it wasn't even the tools you used. You know, it doesn't matter if you have the best you know three hundred dollar level or all the tools you you use because what happens is. Even though you marked the holes before, you still had to go back and pick up the conventional hammer, find a nail, find a screw, whatever you're using, and go in and put it in. And that's how it always sort of came out uneven. And when I developed this, I wanted to go beyond the marking tool. I wanted to make sure nobody had to touch anything where they can just simply walk up, punch it, walk away, and hang the picture. And so that's why it's so fun to use. Mm -hmm. Going back to the, the, the COVID question that Stephen was asking, um, Jim, you and I were having an inter interesting conversation about distribution during COVID, and you had some things to say about Walmart and how things are a little different for you right now. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think we were really, really lucky. Our customer base and the product mix. Walmart manufactured television mounts. Same idea, simple, easy. Hang it, hang it. TV like it's a picture. We have those in Walmart. So when the COVID hit, 
most of the clothes stores closed, but not Walmart. So if you wanted to buy a television during this time, you wanted to look at it before you bought it, you could go to Walmart, Target, Costco, or Sam's Club, period. No other electronic store was open. So that was part one. So combine that with the fact that people are homebound, add to that, you have your kids at home at the same time, created a demand for a lot of more, lot more televisions. Walmart jumped on that, good business, quadrupled TV mounts. So we've been just literally inundated. The other thing that helped us is we were determined to be a central vendor. Lowe sent us a letter, Home Depot did, Ace, because they were essential retailers, were essential vendor to all of them. So they qualified us to stay open. We also make some things that are required, like child safety kits, supply the military bases, Army Air Force Exchange, the Navy. So all those reasons qualified us. And then we got the orders to go with it. So we've been working last weekend. We ran Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So Walmart's an essential service, as you say. And this your types of products have been selling like crazy there. Um, that's that's fantastic news to hear. A lot of people are thinking like everybody's suffering during COVID, and that's not true. Some some for some people it's the oxygen. Yeah, Jim, let's talk. Can we talk a little bit about the trade show that got canceled? And I think it's set for I think September. You're talking about um, the National Hardware Show. Yes. Okay. How big an impact will that be? if that show does not happen for, for people in the hardware industry? Well, you know, we're a little bit concerned that well, there'll be a trade show, attendance might be way off. Question whether, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, players will actually send a team. We don't think so. So that's gonna take, you know, take the edge off the show. Another problem, I was just looking at the floor plan. Primarily, the whole China section is empty. Because hmm. they prohibit flight from China to the US, they can't come here. So, again, that's another reason a lot of people maybe pass. And then there'll be a lot of people that just don't want to get in a crowd yet. Or maybe by then they'll feel better. Okay. So, we're, uh, you know, we're uh, worried that it's, it's going to be a soft show. Another problem that's going on right now that you know you wouldn't realize, all the major buyers are not taking visitations. Everything is done like this. Electronics, they don't even want samples. Just had a conference call with Home Depot team, five of their buyers, they're all working at home. Mm -hmm. We put a lot of preparation into it, really great presentation. They're, they have their Zoom, equivalent of Zoom. Okay. And um, worked out great. Um, one of the engineers who was on that question said, hey, we can send you a sample. Oh, absolutely not. No samples. So there makes it very, very difficult right now to everything they do. It's everything, all the conversations we are having is next year. We started to work a program with Dollar Tree. 
got nine products that we want to test. We're all set to go with the COVID hit. Postpone the test because in their case, when they do a test, pretty unusual. Management goes in and sets the test up, ensure that it's correct, and they monitor it for two weeks. Then they find out if it's good, which it is, plan to roll the product out. All that stuff stopped because they wouldn't allow their management to go in the stores. Mm-hmm. So despite these these issues, Jim, are your sales up or down? We're actually up quite a bit. Quite a bit. Okay. But so it's things heavily... are going well. QVC, HSN, Walmart sales are good. How about Lowe's and Home Depot sales? Well, uh, Lowe's is also good. Um, and, and an interesting thing we have in uh, we, we you probably saw our floating shelf. It's a new product. Talk about cancellation of trade shows. The houseware show in March is the launch date for that and a lot of our products. We were all set to go, and like four days before that, they canceled that show. That's a huge show. So set this thing back. Well, we had already presented this to Lowe's. Interesting, since we can ship and a lot of vendors cannot, Lowe's just gave us an order for 10,000 of these shows shipped next Friday. Because they can't get merchandise, they can get they can get merchandise. They can't get that product. Can't get shelving. So you're really a very uneven, disturbed marketplace right now. Okay. Walmart, so you have to Walmart, for example, not have any in-person visits in 2020. Hmm. They don't need a buyer. So we just launched a new program with them. Again, same thing, all electronically. We're able to send samples to the layout center. They can walk and they sterilize them and they can look at it. So we picked up a huge commitment rollout in September. Again, all done electronically. It's just it's yeah. a tough situation. So Mr. it's Robert, just it's these, it, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. I'm sorry, what Andrew? Go go ahead. I'm sorry. So it sounds like even though it's it's difficult, you guys are still doing extremely well. Um, and I'm sure that's difficult for everyone. Let's talk, let's switch the conversation a little bit, Jim, about how important is innovation for your company, for, for people like Mike to knock on the door and say, hey, we've got a great idea. How important is that for your company? It's extremely important. I think you need we to have- We can't really hear you, Jim. If I'm sorry. Closer to the mic. There you go. Yeah, how about now? Oh, that's better. better. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's extremely important to us. It's really, to me, kind of lifeblood of our future is to stay on the leading edge. Again, you know, we need to stay in our wheelhouse. It's you know, on the wall or the ceiling. It's attached to something that fits what we do. So we're open to all ideas, any submission. Um, I, love, okay. I love to do that. and find things that we can expand our product line with that makes sense. Your, your products, when I was in the booth, I was in the booth, your booth at the hardware show and the houseware show, and there's, most of them are pretty unique. Um, I, I mean, I sometimes you go into a booth and like, oh, okay, kind of seen that, kind of seen that. You got a lot of fairly unique products. So um, how important is it that it's unique or it's it's gotta be more than just unique, it's gotta be truly, useful um to be able to hang a tv like you said like a picture frame essentially 
when I saw the stuff that you guys were hanging, I'm like, whoa, that's cool. I had a, it might not come across on the website, but when I saw it in person, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, do you get a lot of raving fans that are telling their friends and family about your products? I think we get a lot of positive reviews, a lot of five-star reviews. So that's yeah, nothing but really good comments. Probably ninety-five percent five-star. Wow. Well, Andrew, it kind of looks like there's a little magic trick happening here with some of the products. It definitely Mike Mike's product has that. Oh wow, right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Jim, let's talk a little bit about looking at new products from inventors. Is there anything you could help our audience realize things that maybe um, they're doing right or maybe they're doing wrong or, or any ideas that are coming to you that you kind of roll your eyes going, you know, maybe that's not a good fit or did they do their homework or I don't understand it. What are you seeing that that you could help our audience or inventors do a better job when they're, they're submitting to companies? Okay. This would be sort of my thought process in evaluating things. So, first of all, the inventor, they need to be sure there's a real need for the product. So a lot of times, people do something, they think, wow, that solved that problem. I, I'm going to get a patent on this. It's a great idea. Maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. <laughs> and they really need to make sure it's a solution to a problem that needs to be solved not just something that they did some extraordinary thing and maybe there was a solution on the market anyway. So we get a fair number of those people just, it's not thought out. Second thing any inventor should do is do sort of what you call a focus group. It doesn't have to be formally, it can be done a lot of different ways, but don't just ask your mom, what do you think? Go out and talk to people. And when you're doing that, most important thing is you need to listen. Probably the most important part of listening is question. So if somebody asks you a question, you need to understand that's a that's an objection. Hmm. You don't understand and they don't think it's necessary, they're bewildered by it, whatever. If they have questions, do not ignore the question. If you can't solve those questions, you have a failed product. It's the hardest thing to do. Please, any question, you just, I, I tell all of our team, somebody asks a question, it's a big objection. It's incumbent for us to solve that. Do this that's all good the time. stuff, isn't it, Stephen? I mean, that's like, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing, you know, once you've kind of got to that point, or somewhere before that, you know, search, search the <laughs> Google patents, or, or better yet, get the, with the event right. And they'll guide you through these things so you don't waste a lot of time on a product that's already on the market. Mm. Kind of watch that. Once you get to that point, you go, okay, I have a product that has, has a need. Um, you know, and I pretty well feel I've answered the questions successfully. I'm ready to move on. So then you need to find a partner that will fit. It's really, really important. If they're not in, if you're not in their lane <clears throat> or they're not in your lane, have a failure. It'll never work. So if you've got a hardware thing, a faster product, get with a faster company. It's an OEM product, you need to get with an OEM manufacturer or distributor. Keep keep your focus so that you can fit in the flow. So if you don't, 
again, you're going to have a failure. You just have a, a lot of time and frustration. You never get anywhere. Jim, is there a particular way you like inventors to present? Do you like videos? Do you like one-page advertisements? We call them sell sheets. Um, do you like emails to be short and brief? Do you like inventors to ramble? Kind of make <laughs> but what, what do you what do you what do you yeah. like and don't like when you get an idea from an inventor? Okay, well it it'll, it will depend on if I see the product fits uh, fits with us. If it fits, then I want as much information as possible. I don't want a rough idea. I mean, when, when I hooked up with Mike, he sent me a video showing him installing the product. It was very well done, and I saw it. I said, "This is a product that we can sell." So it went from there. Uh, but other people send, you know, animated, computerized illustrations of how the product works. Those are helpful. Um, sometimes. So they'll actually send a printed part that you can actually play with and test. And that's important, you know, when you get to the point where you think you have to, fit, you have, to have that. So in Mike's case, uh, he was the most prepared inventor that's ever come to us. He even came with working prototypes and a video. <laughs> so that's, that's, and he's a good pitch man. It's the whole package. That's, that's pretty unusual. Hey, Mike, are you still on? Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that for just a minute um, about your process because you went down a couple different roads, didn't you, before you licensed? Is that correct? I did absolutely. Uh, uh, even when I came across InventRight, which uh, um, was later on in my process, you know, I, uh, I actually actually found you guys and came across you guys when I was actually licensed, pre-licensed to a. Um, a DRTV company that uh, that hit me up at one of the the uh, trade shows and thought it would be wonderful for uh, as seen on TV products. So um, um, yeah, I was halfway through a licensing deal and then uh, I didn't know that much about the, the actual uh, license uh, uh, written out uh, license. So I called uh, I mean I called you guys and got hooked up with you guys, but uh, and then sort of uh, uh, it helped me through that process. So that's where I started. Yeah, and that sort of fell up fell apart so then i sort of backed up and i really got involved within with you guys at invent right and sort of started uh a little bit more from the beginning as far as mentor type uh, process and then then moved on from there so you know everything that i learned you know up to my point uh, just on my own and to you guys is, is how i sort of uh, called and, and and got a hold of jim you know and jim wasn't the first guy on my list i mean not that he wasn't because of hangman products but i sort of went down the line like we all do and you know, I made all kinds of phone calls, and I had I had a lot of no's. I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of no's before I got uh, my first yes with uh, Jim wanting to take a look at it. And uh, 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 you know, one of the one of the one of the great things I liked about Jim was not only you know when you're out there trying to locate somebody as a licensee, um, definitely find somebody that's already been in the game, that's already been uh, that knows retail, that knows big box, that knows you know all all of the ins and outs of it. Um, and the, the, the best thing about it was he was just as passionate about my product as I was. You know, I didn't want to hook up with just a partner or a licensee that, that could say, you know, I think we can bring this to market and you got something here. I wanted to hook up with somebody that had a lot of passion into the product as well. And, that, and that's why I think we make such a good partnership is we both uh, can see the future in this product. And so uh, it, it's worked out really, really well. Nice. Steven, I didn't. Uh, I didn't ask you. You asked our IT guy to upload a video. Is that is that uh, Mike's yeah, video? Yeah, don't worry about it. 
Okay. Um, uh, Mike, I wanted I want to talk a little bit a little bit more about your video. Okay. Uh, did you shoot it yourself? Uh, it depends which ones. I had a couple of them, you know. Um, at the beginning, I wish I wouldn't have spent the money I did because I went out and then sort of did a little bit of a pre uh, sort of a trailer video um, okay. that I could send to a DRTV company, you know, um, when I first started. And then they sort of kind of spliced that into some of their own uh, effects and we sort of used that together. And then I backed up and started making two other videos. I made a short video on my own. And then I, uh, I also uh, kind of had a guy uh, sort of tweak that into a better uh, kind of a shorter trailer type video. Um, but then as we sort of moved along, yeah. Yeah, you, the one you made with your wife was great. You just shot it with your iPhone, I think, right? Yeah, and I got to tell you, I've had <laughs> – when I uploaded that on social media, um, I had more response on that 25-second video with my wife than I did spending guys – than I did spending five ten thousand 10000 on videos. I mean, I wish I would have, you know, thought of that before, but I was one of those excited guys, you know, I had my prototypes, I was ready to go, I got, oh gosh, I'm going to run out there and spend my money and do all this, what a mistake, what a mistake, you know, I, I should have really looked at the big picture, and I wish I would have found you guys earlier, but uh, yeah, Andrew, that that little video has got more response, and we actually used her, um, and uh, did a lot of our B-roll stuff for, uh, you know, for the home shopping networks, and, and it's 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 worked out really well, don't you think, Jim? Absolutely. Well, she's a natural uh, pitch person too, isn't she? How, how did <laughs> that all she, family? Yeah, she is. She is. When I first started the trade show, she's she would she would she would walk around with the sell sheets while I was in the booth, and uh, and and uh, she uh, she did really really good job at it. Nice. Oh, very good. Um, Mike, you you now you're you're becoming pretty seasoned with this now. Um, is there anything you would recommend um, anybody that's listening that could kind of help that next inventor that maybe is just starting out? What other tips would you give? Well, you know, you know, after being with you guys and after doing all that I've done so far, I, I get a lot of people approach me. I mean, on LinkedIn and these different sites and Facebook and whatever, you know, and want me to help them. And, you know, they, they automatically tell me their little story. And, and the first thing they say, and I get, and, and the first thing they say is, you know, I got my product. I also, I, I've already gotten a patent. I, I got an attorney. I've got, I worked on my patent and, uh, you know, uh, and, and I, and I, and every time I do that, I go, well, send me, send me what you got, send me part of your product, whatever. And they always say, I don't have it. I don't, I don't, all I have is just that my thought process and I have a drawing, but I haven't, they go, I haven't looked into anything, but they went and they, they went and they, they rush out and they get a patent and they spend all this money and they do all these things, you know, prior to what they should be doing instead of, you know, getting on there and, and getting a little education behind themselves. And like Jim said earlier, you know, do some of your own personal homework, you know, the very first thing is make sure there is, is certainly is a need for that product, you know, and that's, you know, it's, it, and, and, and start with that, you know, and, and go from there. But uh, so many people spend so much money right out of the gate on a lot of things that just definitely don't need to be spent money on, you know. And I think that's probably one of the biggest problem with people that are, I guess, you know, you, we call them or whatever, newbies or guys getting in the entrepreneurs or getting in the, in the marketplace. But it's, they just, they just, they're so anxious. They're so anxious to get, to get out there and get busy, you know, and, uh, and then they, you know, they, they tend to think that they, they know so much about it and really they, they don't, you know, they need to go back and start from the beginning and uh, don't do what I did. Everybody, if you guys are listening, don't, don't do what I did. Just rush out there and do it. Yes. 
I'm, I'm very blessed by having a viable product that is, that is making it now, but you know, um, there is a process in place and starts from the beginning. And that's what I would tell everybody, whether they call InventRight or, or, or other people that are, have some sort of mentor system, but really learn from people that have done it, you know, and get out there and do it and do it that way. Mike, why, why do you think they file a patent first? Is it out of fear? Are they watching Shark Tank on Friday night? Why do they do that? I think so many people, I, they're so worried about somebody stealing their product, you know, and, and, they, and the first thing in their mind where they even got the idea in their head is, well, I've got to, I've got a first thing, I've got to get a patent to make sure I cover this thing so nobody steals it. And I got to make sure that, 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 that I, that I have that in place. And that's going to really safeguard me and, you know, give me peace of mind, you know, and, uh, uh, that's that's really sort of t totally wrong, you know. Um, number one, people aren't just out there to steal your product. You know, even at trade shows, you know, people that walk around and come in your booth, people go, oh, don't watch them because I'm thinking they're taking pictures and they're going to steal your product. You know, and I mean, literally, unless, and you guys know this, unless you guys taught me this, I mean, it's, unless you're selling literally millions of products of that, that item a year or things that are really going gangbusters, nobody's going to want to knock you off. Nobody's going to spend the time to go to do what you did to, uh, you know, move a, move a hundred products or thousands of products, you know, so nobody's in the market to steal your product for one thing. So you don't need to rush out and jump on and get that patent. I think that's, that's, that's what everybody's I think that's thinking. A, I think that's a great, a great uh, question for Jim. Jim, how much of it is patent protection and how much of it is strong distribution as protection? Can you speak to that? What is your belief? Yeah, I, about I think, yeah, I think um, you know, patents can be important, uh, but I think your brand product line package is more important to a retailer. Retailers are not interested in getting into patent litigation, creating a you know, bad reputation that they steal ideas. So they're, in fact, every contract that we have with major accounts there's a whole section devoted to the fact that we will not do that we won't bring in a product that infringes on patents and if we do we will totally indemnify and defend them mm -hmm. they're not out there like trying to steal people's ideas and anybody that brings a product to them they want to make sure they have to sign the same contract mm -hmm. and then how about you know i mean you have pretty good distribution i mean you're in walmart you're in a lot of other stores, um, somebody could knock off some of your products, but is it really going to hurt you? Is Walmart going to deal with another vendor that's clearly knocking off your product? I know it happens sometimes, but I mean, you're, they, they want to go with the legitimate vendor most of the time. I mean, if they can. And sure, well, you know, Walmart's case, you know, there, there's only one Walmart, one of a kind. Um, they have a very, very strong Made in USA initiative which is kind of how we got started. So we went to the Made in USA Summit. We have a rep agency that specializes in working with them. So we got invited, we took like a little booth, uh, and then the buyers come and look at your product. So they committed by $50 billion a year products made in the USA. Very, very serious about that. So, got looked at strongly because of that. And then we had to go through the whole qualifying process. He never once asked us if we had a patent. Didn't mean anything mm -hmm. to them. They wanted to know was, once they liked the product, then they wanted to know, could we supply them? Very interesting too. Uh, made it just point blank, clear, point blank clear. Don't bite off more than you can chew. 
don't need to be able to supply 4,000 stores to sell us. Like your product, you can only handle 200 stores, start there. Form, then if you're ready to do 500 stores, then we'll grow that way. They emphasize that over and over again. So people have misconceptions about Walmart. They want a good price, they want a good quality, and above all, they want you to ship on time. Mm-hmm. They cannot tolerate people that don't ship. That's why they take what you can handle comfortably. They don't want to dominate your business. So there's a case where the made in USA, if your product is made in USA, uh, you have an audience. Pretty well can get a meeting at their annual business thing every year, made in USA summit. Now this year I think it got canceled, but one next year. So Jim, they're really a good partner. They are. They're they're demanding to do what you say you can do. They want, so, you know, the product has to retail, so you have to make something that fits their price points, customer. Mm-hmm. So we're learning, we've only been working with them over two years, and yeah, I learned something just about every day, how complex the business is, and how you can fit in it. Jim, you mentioned something interesting to me. You said that um, Lowe's and Home Depot are not competitors to Walmart, but Walmart and Target is. So quite often you're either in Walmart or you're in Target, but unless you're a really big, really, really biggest, big of the big companies, you're not usually in both. Is that that accurate? Or or you get a lot of private label. Uh You look at Lowe's and Home Depot. There's definitely, you know, those are our tribals. Very few people can sell branded product to both of them. So, so Jim, let's talk about protection for just a minute. So it sounds, what you're saying to me, and, and tell me if I'm right, that companies like Walmart are a good partner. That's a one way to protect yourself, um, making sure you can ship what you can ship and hit all the targets where Walmart protects yourself. Um, having good customer reviews protects yourself. Um, good customer service made in the USA protects yourself a little bit too, right? Absolutely. For some people. Okay. Huh. That's very interesting, having all those things that we don't think really protect us, but they do. And none of those things are a patent. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I want to go back to what you were talking about. You, you said you like to keep products simple. Um, if somebody came to you with a highly complex product, I mean, why, why is that so important? Is it important from manufacturing, from the consumer standpoint? What, 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 why is it important to keep products simple for you? Well, you have to be able to manufacture the product successfully. If you get something really, really complex, you're gonna move into a you know, higher price point. Um, market can be limited. So we try to find something that has broad, broad use that's simple to use. Sometimes they're not as simple to manufacture as you think, but they're simple to use. I think that's, when I say simple, that's what I mean. Um, something has pages of instructions, uh, it's not something we would want to get into, and our customers 
dos vidros. Hey, Mike. Mike, what do you think yeah. about protection? You, you, talk, you mean about patents and things like that? Yeah, I mean, how do you protect yourself? Are you worried about someone knocking you off? You know, I'm not. You know, I talk to a lot of people that talk to me, you know, also that, you know, and I always tell them, I go, we always, we always talk about this this one-liner, you know, first to market, you know, and that's that's a big thing, you know, getting something first to market, you know, and, and I tell people, I said, you know, you go out and get patents and, and you don't really know if it's a viable product. So patent mm -hmm. office and those things, are, and we all know are, you know, three years behind. And anything could happen to that product, even if it's viable. It might have one-year lifespan. It might have a two-year lifespan. It might have a 20-year lifespan. But to go out and rush out and do that and literally spend, you know, fifteen to forty thousand dollars on patents uh, absolutely makes no sense when when you don't even know if it's viable. And if it is, um, mm -hmm. it's first to market. Get it out there. You know, the thing is, get that product out there. And as Jim said, Walmart is, wasn't concerned about patents, and most most companies aren't in that respect. You know, okay. so um, yeah, I, I'm. You know, I went out and got patents. Um, now I did it prematurely. And I got really good utility patents on this now. Uh, would I have done it before? I, I don't I don't know. Probably probably not rush out and get it. No, you okay. know. How how important is your your brand that you're building, Push and Hang, and your social media uh, audience now that you're building? How important is that to you? And think you know, being the first, being the original, is that part of your plan as well? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it, I think it's a big part of it, you know, um, especially for a product like mine that's demonstrable, you know, or, or demonstrable, however you want to say that. But um, people, you know, it's it's a very it's a product that people need to see. Um, they need to. Uh, uh, and, and as soon as they do, as far as a demo, I mean, they really love it and get behind the product. Um, you know, I, I often say, you know, a product can be on every shelf in, in, in every store in the world. But if they don't know what that product is or how it's used, they're going to walk right by it, you know, so. For me, social media and those kind of aspects, not only not only branding the product, but branding myself as well, you know, because, you know, I am part of that product, you know, and so uh, people really get behind uh, the inventor or the developer of a certain product, and they want to know your story, you know, they want to know about you, they want to know about the product, um, it makes them feel comfortable, you know, uh, not only that you've made mistakes along the way, and, uh, and, and, uh, not only that you're also successful. So it, it's a very big part of uh, the process. Very good. Yeah, one thing I would say to vendors, it's pretty simple and inexpensive if you get a provisional patent. And that protects you, the date, of, the date of origin. And when you have that, it's freer to talk to people. You know, but before you spend a lot of money, you want to make sure you've done all these other things, that you have a real product, Want to find somebody that's real interested in it, and you know, then then you can start looking at investing in a patent, because that can be quite expensive. One thing I've learned: it's really easy to get a patent on a bad idea. It's really hard to get one on a good idea. Unique, because there are so many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, I guess, of patents. I think the patent office gets something like twenty-five thousand submissions every day. Just think about it. <laughs> So you want to make sure you you know to get a utility patent, you need to have an original thought, original idea. So those are difficult to get. Design patent keeps the um, honest people from copying you. 
Mm-hmm. They're pretty good too, and they're a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that patent expense should come a little bit down the road. Got it. I think provisional. Hey. I think provisional only costs like a hundred dollars a file in one year. Mm-hmm. Hey Andrew, let's let's open it up for questions. I know we're coming up yeah. on the hour. Sure, sure, definitely. We got a few good ones here. Um, Margaret says, I know Margaret, how you doing Margaret? Uh, do they help to refine products or help with the development of the product or do they only accept things that are 100% ready to manufacture? What's your take on that, Jim? Okay, so we want a product that's well thought out, that's answered these other questions we've talked about. Uh, and then we want to work with an inventor that's open-minded. Because when we get into manufacturing, you start to find out little things. Like in Mike's case, a good example is Mike started off with a custom-made nail. We really started to analyze that. We thought, better off to find a common nail that anybody could buy in a hardware store. So we realized that putting a custom nail into the marketplace would be a problem on buying more nails. So Mike didn't argue, he says, I agree, that's a good idea. So we went out and we found the most common nail of that size, which is one inch number 17 rad, sold in every store, even Walmart sells it. So it took all the difficulty out of a simple thing like that. So if somebody was hung up on that, no, I have to have my special nail, we would walk away. So, right. so you have to uh, deal with the practical issues of manufacturing, Sometimes you need to get in cases where you have to change something for the manufacturing process. You need to work with people who understand that. We may find, as we're all working on this, maybe we get an improvement, some little thing. You need to work together as a team. You can't have somebody that's just, I won't do that, I won't allow it, but change, you know, whatever. So that's kind of how we look at it. So you got to be flexible and you have to be part of the team. That makes sense. Jim, we've heard other companies say this. You know, they've said, I've passed on products. I love the product, but I could tell the inventor was going to be too difficult to work with. And so I told him no. Um, have you have that? Has that ever been the case with you? Oh, absolutely. No. Or, you know, I had an example one time, a product that we would have taken, but they had done their own analysis of what the potential market was. And they extrapolated out year one, two, three, and four. They, they said, you know, do you realize in year four, allowed to sell a picture hanger to everybody in America? Oh, God. I think we will. So, well, I don't think you will. <laughs> so, you know, we can't, if we have to start there, let's still start. So, walked away from it. They've had a modest success. They probably sell one to every 10,000 people in America, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had cases like that. It was like there was they're nice people. They were just pie in the sky. There's no no point of beginning with this. It's, it's going to be a problem. So what what I hear you saying is the people that you work with don't need to be rocket scientists. They don't need to be engineers. They, the most important thing is they need to be easy enough to, to work with. Um, and if the product isn't tremendously complicated, they they don't need to be Einstein but they need to be easy to work with. Yeah, they, hey, Jim, how, how important is cost? 
cost is depends on the product, so it's, it's a broad answer. Uh, it has to fit in its niche, wherever it is, whatever it is. It can't be priced out of line. Okay. You just have to kind of look at it. this sell at $9.95 or $19.95 or $89.95? Will it sell? You've got to go through that process because that's what the retailers do. That's very interesting. We do a lot of trade shows interface with you know, hundreds of buyers. You know, in all of this time, I've never had one ask me, what is the cost of this product? None. You know what they ask? What's the retail price? Hmm. It took me about five years to realize what the question was all about. So they look at the product, tell them this is going to retail at $20. They know their store very well. They determine, can we sell this at $20? Yes or no. They don't ask the cost. They figure all of that, you know, if you're in business, you're smart enough to realize they have to make a profit. You have to be able to deal with all the back-end costs, advertising, freight allowances, all, all the volume rebates, all the things that they request or need. So cost is real important relative to your product. Okay. Family. Do you have any tips for an inventor that, I mean, you've got a background, you've experienced that forever, especially in your product category, but what, what, what can an inventor do to get a feel for it? Do they just look at other things that are kind of similar and size it up and use their best judgment? And does the average inventor have a, how do they, how do they learn that skill to know, is this a $9, a $10 product or a $20 product? Will it sell for nine? Actually, the, the question is, Will it sell for 10 or will it sell for 20? Not, is it? That? That's very difficult, you know, for a person that's not in manufacturing and retail to make that assessment. But what they need to do is find somebody like us, or you, and uh, have you know, a little bit of a feel for what it might cost to manufacture the product. And then they have to listen to reason. It's, it's not going to fit, it's not going to retail, or it's going to go into very limited, high-end custom market, which is a good business. You can get in that. Um, if you want to get in retail placements, it's got to fit in the retail family. It can't, can't be outrageously priced. It won't, it'll fail. We have a question from Brad. If we don't have much time left, but if you guys have questions, type it in um, to the questions box. Brad says, Jim, what is the best way to submit products to you? Email me. Email. Okay. So do they just I go mean, on their website or do you want to give an email? What what works? Yeah, I'm easy. I'm I'm Jim at hangmanproducts.com. Jim at hangmanproducts.com. Okay. Pretty there you and go, read, Brad. And I read every email. Wow. Okay. That's cool. So you are you the one that reviews every product at your company or does somebody else? No, it starts with me. I look at I look oh. at it first. Stephen, that's kind of unusual. Usually the CEO well, is not. I, I just want to make sure everybody that's listening is, really understands that. Make sure you look at their product line. Make sure you really understand the category they're in. Look at all the products. They, um, they're not going to look at an idea that doesn't really probably hang or adhere something to a wall or a table or something. Is that correct, Jim? I mean, you don't want something that's outside your category, correct? That's correct. A good example is I think somebody that your people even maybe or somehow knew 
going to have this conference sent an email to me with their idea for a clever product. It's a gate hardware part. And it's not for us, but I directed him to the company that could probably be able to help him. I happen to know that company. So he appreciated that. So, yeah, you know, if I look at them, if it's you know something we might get into, maybe one of our customers. Happy to pa I'm happy to pass it on. Okay. So everyone listening, make sure you send him something that's going to fit his product line. So study his his product line. Look at the, yeah. his web page, but don't send him something that doesn't fit. It's a waste of your time and his. Right. And he wants you to see. <laughs> a proof of concept, maybe a prototype or something where you can see it work and understand it. Right. Steve and I have done a lot of these free webinars or something in our newsletter. And and when it's not our students, a lot of you have been watching your YouTube show or maybe you read our books and maybe some of you haven't. And and sometimes the company will get inundated with things that aren't appropriate. And it's just it's just a rookie wall or a ceiling or something. Jim was very clear. I'm not interested. It's got to attach to a wall or ceiling in some way. And I, I don't think he can be any more specific, Stephen. I think well, that's. I, a... I, I actually like this, Andrew, because he can tell pretty quick, quickly if it fits or not. I like that. Well, it's easier for him to review products. Other people have well, a, a different product line with a lot of different. Um, I know. Yeah, this, categories, it's easier for him. He's easy. He can see right away, okay, not a right match for us. Or, or right it, you would think that it would be uh, people are, would send him the right stuff knowing what he does. So we're just going to hope that everybody does exactly what Jim is telling us. I think what we talked about earlier, guys, uh, is just simply simplicity. When you think of Hangman products, think of simplicity. So when you're thinking about sending things to Jim, um, if I could say that, um, it's simply simplicity. Um, don't think of thing that's got 50 moving parts or, or 20 pages of instructions. Just think simplicity and then think about what product you can design well, for, for Hangman. I'm sure you don't mind me saying this, Mike, but your product is actually fairly complicated compared to most of Jim's products. You're probably, but it works simple, though. It, but it works simple, right. But it is more complex than other products on his what, site. What, what about electronics, Jim? Yeah, Maybe. what about... Yeah, we're not in electronic parts. Um, it's not something we can make here, so we'd have to import that. What about lasers? Something that to do it with the laser to make sure it's level and all that stuff. Well, there's some of those things on the market. Um, I don't think it's where we're going. We're looking, you know, more at broadening our product line. Like we've launched these floating shelves. That's it's a hot category. Okay. TV mounts we're working on, safety devices, anti-tip kits. Um, we're looking to broaden. We're into you know, wall hooks. Has some very clever, unique wall hooking, wall hooks, ceiling hooks. So they're not they're they're complicated as complex tooling and make these things, but they operate simply. I love it. But here's like, if I was on his site, this is what I, one assumption I would come to. I could go in child safety and I go, okay, looks like they're in child safety, but they don't have a lot of products there yet. Maybe they need some more. You know, I mean, I don't know if you believe that, Jim, but I mean, that's one yeah. conclusion I would come to. They're in that sure. category, but they don't have that many yet. Yeah, we would look at uh, any ideas there. Definitely. 
Yeah, it could come to many other conclusions. So you guys need to study these companies' sites and 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 see where they're going with things. And if they're open to one child safety product, they're probably going to be open to others. Um, other companies probably wouldn't want to do anything with drilling into the wall. That's one question I have for you, Jim. I mean, you're used to that. That's like your your niche, right? Um, but other companies are like, no, no. If it drills into the wall, we don't want to touch it. But but Andrew, they've got products that don't drill into the wall, like for for dorm rooms or apartments. I saw those right. too. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we have removable tape products. We would look to expand that. Somebody came up with you know, something good. Hey, if you, you got, we're going to finish up here in a few minutes, guys. If you can type your thank yous for Jim into the GoToWebinar questions box. Jim, I want to, I'll want to. read a few off to you, but I, I want to send them to you as well. Oh, we're 601, so I better read a few off here. Um, and then I'll send them all to you. But if you guys can type them in, that would be great before you leave here um, or now because we're going to end up very quickly uh, here. Uh, Kim says, uh, thank you. Very helpful. As always, I appreciate all that you do for us. Um, Let's see. Tom says, great webinar tonight. Thanks, guys. So long. He says he's got interest from a company. Congratulations, Tom. It was too long to read. Um, let's see. John says, thank you, Jim. Great information. Great product, Mike. Much success. Keep inventing. Uh, Margaret says, thank you. Uh, very informative talk tonight, Jim. And, and your email for submissions. She's very excited that you gave her your email. So I don't blame her. I would be too. Um, let's see. Luke says, Jim, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge and insights. Um, Luke from Byron Bay, Australia. So cool. Yeah. We have people from around the world. So I'll, if you guys type them in, I'll send them to Jim. Um, I, I'm sure he'll really appreciate that. Uh, we just appreciate you coming on, Jim, and telling it from a company perspective. You're helping inventors. Um, better understand from your perspective so they can be more successful and they can do better submitting products to companies like you. And just, it's incredible that you're doing that. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, Mike, do you have anything you want to say in closing about maybe about Jim or about Benning in general? Or No, I really can't stand the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, if, you, if you've got something that's, that you think is going to uh, be very, very viable for people like that, especially in the hanging uh, part of the industry, um, you know, yeah, give Jim a call. You won't regret it. Um, great to work with. Unbelievable. And I wish everybody luck out there. You know, just uh, just just think think hard about what you're coming up with and take time to uh, go through the process and you'll do very well. So thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. Always, always fun to be on InventRight. Thank you for coming on, Mike. Stephen, anything you want to say in closing? No, I just want to thank Jim. Um, I love your company. Uh, I love how you help inventors. I think it's fantastic. So thank you very much. And I want to say, Mike, you're the real your real deal. You know how to do it now. Your product's fantastic. It's selling. You're de you do demos. You're a pitchman. You do the whole, the whole, all of it now. So congratulations on, on, on being a pro. No, thank you so much. I always appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. All right. Take care, everybody. Good night. Good. Keep okay. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.